Welcome to the School of the Forest podcast, episode 16. Welcome to the School of the Forest podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Russell. This podcast aims to educate you about outdoor living skills, give you a first-person approach to wilderness ecology, and provide you with a glimpse into the different methods people are using for sustainable living. To find out more about our programs, please visit schoolotheforest.com. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back. I am here today joined by uh, my friend Kyle LaPointe. He is the a member of the Vermont State Leadership Team for Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, um, which is kind of the organization we're going to talk about a little bit today. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm pretty good. How's Maine going, Christopher? Maine is uh, good. We're in the tail end of the nine weeks. It's starting to get, we're consistently having frosts at night now. And so students are kind of, they're actually, as I'm sitting in a nice warm office recording this, they're down the hill, kind of in the rain, putting up uh, enough wood to do, they're doing an exercise tonight where they're sleeping with just a fire as the heat source. So they're kind of spending all day wet and putting up wood to spend all night wet burning. Good. So, so yeah, it sounds great. Um, they're going to have a good time with it. Um, but yeah, it's going good. Um, you, uh, you're probably pretty tired right now, huh? Congratulations. Kyle and his wife had uh, your third, your third child. Uh, number week. four. Number, number four. four. Yeah. So we are, yeah, we're doing good. Everyone's happy and healthy, but yeah, as tired to be, you know, uh, as expected. So, yeah, I'm sure. Well, that, yeah, that's great. Congratulations. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be busy for the next few months. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so Kyle and I know each other, um, because he and his daughter, uh, came on a family week that I ran in Vermont earlier this year. And she was sort of the star of the show while she was there. She was showing up everybody. All the other kids were a lot older than her, but she was keeping right up with them. It was pretty awesome. Do um, you want to talk a little bit about what you and her have been up to or just with that? Sure. Yeah, go sure. for it. So, um, yeah, so my daughter's Nora and she is uh, eight. And we did the family bushcraft course with Christopher in Guilford at School of the Forest and uh, we homeschool her now anyway, since she is uh, very much an outdoor head and we try and do as much schooling outside. Um, so the Bushcraft course is right up her alley of uh, building survival shelters and bow making and learning different fire starting techniques. Um, she was well adapted and prepared to, uh, at this point, she says she's moving into her tree house. So uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll see how that goes. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about to get cold. Yes, I'm, I imagine it'll be short a short-lived uh, trip. Yeah, well, better to have it have the trip at all and, than anything, right? Absolutely. And yeah. it, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with our family in general, but um, certainly Nora and I um, like to spend as much time as possible outside, regardless of the season, and certainly in... Um, public places and wild places. Um, we recreate a lot in the national forest here in Vermont. Uh, we're about 30 minutes um, from the Southern part of the greens and pretty, uh, pretty cool spot to check out. Yeah. So is that, uh, was, is that what kind of brought you, well, 
you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of specifically how you got involved with, uh, you know, this kind of lifestyle with backcountry hunters and anglers, and if that's influenced by your pastimes with your family or it's kind of yeah, first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up in Western Massachusetts and we were a, um, certainly my dad and I, but, uh, into doing things outside. I grew up dog sledding, cross country skiing. Uh, we were really big into mountain biking, um, really anything outdoors, camping, uh, different times of the year, winter, summer, fall. Uh, ironically, I did not grow up hunting. If anything, maybe slightly biased to an anti hunting, um, immediate family. Um, but spent some time fishing with my grandfather, um, I moved to Vermont in 2007-ish and um, kind of rented a place in the middle of nowhere off the grid and uh, decided to get into hunting, um, mostly from the fact that I was doing a lot of hiking and just really enjoyed spending time in um, places I wouldn't necessarily see a lot of other people, which sounds very introverted of me, but um, uh, just enjoying nature more. Um, so started kind of figuring out what to do and how to hunt. I really had no idea. Um, I kind of had got back into archery, um, which is something I had done as a kid, uh, as a hobby. Um, and that kind of, uh, love of archery brought me into getting a tree stand and learning how to deer hunt and getting a newer bow. Um, and just reading materials and, um, trying to learn as much as possible. Um, and that branched into talking to some friends that I met up here and then branching into fly fishing, um, in a national forest. And that kind of brought me into checking out the national forest itself, um, which is, I think the closest to Alaska I'll probably get for a while in certain parts of it. Um, and I was instantly hooked on, um, boreal forests and, um, or at least mixed, mixed forests, um, and hunting and fishing and in, in those areas. Um, I came across backcountry hunters and anglers, ironically on a podcast, uh, and they were a new organization based out of Montana. Uh, that's where they're headquartered. Um, and, really liked their, their message and what they were doing. Um, um, and kind of heard some people that kind of shared, even though they're talking about Western lands uh, in this particular podcast, um, really shared the love of, um, wilderness areas and backcountry spaces. So I, I joined, um, looked into them more and, um, they were doing an event in Vermont that I couldn't make, but I offered to help in the future in any way possible and that ended up being asked to kind of help join a state leadership team and i've been doing that ever since awesome so what is that as i mean we could get into talking about what backcountry hunters and anglers uh generally tries to do but um yeah let's do that first so talk a little bit about what their kind of goals are um, as an overarching organization and then maybe talk a little bit about what you guys in vermont are uh just kind of, maybe not the nitty gritty of bills and stuff. Um, cause I'm not intelligent enough to understand any of that, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, just like kind of broader that, goals for stuff. 
yeah, kind of like DHA's mission and vision. Yeah, is, yeah. Um, yeah, totally. So it's basically uh, they want to ensure and um, well, promote is the right word, but ensure and protect um, our North American outdoor heritage of hunting and fishing, um, specifically in wild places, natural settings. Um, and they accomplish that through education uh, and um, policy work um, on behalf of wild public lands, waterways, and wildlife itself. Um, so kind of, they kind of do a nice broad stroke across um, all those areas, um, which really I could get behind um, uh, rather than, you know, really getting specific on one species or problem itself. They do kind of a lot across the board. Yeah, that's awesome. So I was actually sort of a weird coincidence. I was thinking about this the other day where, um, you know, the river that we're up here in Maine is sort of managed specifically for brook trout. And I was thinking about uh, if maybe if it's an interesting thing where like there's one species that is sort of like the linchpin for the the economy up here for fishing anyway, and how it's such a such a interesting approach to managing an ecosystem where you're just like trying to keep it right for one species rather than keeping everything sort of broadly healthy. Um, you know, they log like crazy up here. It's just it's just fascinating sort of uh, balancing act that goes on when you're focused on like a sort of keystone economic species versus just kind of like broad strokes of protecting wild places. Uh, really, really interesting. Yeah, and it, and then it varies from you know originally we kind of um, I want to say struggled, but put some thought into how does how does uh, BHA kind of fit into New England, obviously you can make a lot of sense of it out West where there's huge chunks of public land. And a lot of it is checkerboarded where if you look at like property map of Western States, they kind of look like a checkerboard and uh, gridded up that way where most of the new England States are obviously so old uh, historically that a lot of the land does not follow that pattern. Um, so, and we're fortunate in a lot of, and I can speak to growing up in Massachusetts and, you know, Vermont and a lot of time in New Hampshire. Um, we can kind of just wander for the most part um, in a lot of areas, private or public, you know, unless it's legally posted um, or out West, uh, not in all states, but predominantly they have, I think, more access issues. Um, so we're kind of blessed there in New England, uh, even though we do have some smaller tracks. Um, but then each New England state uh, varies. Um, you know, Maine's a great example where a lot of it is privately owned, but as public uh, use um, access, uh, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, where the only in, reason we can run the programs we do up here is because of the North Maine Woods being open to us. Uh, so yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but you, you couldn't get away you know, with that other place. Yeah, and so Maine's, Maine's an interesting uh, state. With that, um, in Vermont, we have uh, we have Silvio Conte property, um, uh, but predominantly we have um, Green Mountain National Forest, which is just over four hundred thousand acres of public access um, to some pretty pretty great areas. And there's a wide range of recreation 
across that from uh, backcountry skiing, snowmobiling, snowshoeing, camping, hunting, fishing, uh, hiking, you know, Appalachian Trail goes through it. Um, so it kind of made sense to have a New England chapter board with members from each leadership team making up that chapter board and overseeing kind of the state teams um, and then have individual state teams for the time being um, to better regulate and manage um, each state's uh, unique uniqueness, I guess would be a great way of leaving it. Mm-hmm. Um, people from Maine know Maine a lot better than, you know, someone from Vermont vice and vice versa. Um, so that kind of attests to the uh, kind of the history and the background to the New England side of things. Um, plenty yeah. of projects and things we've done historically and um, grown in the past. Um, we can talk about um, one of the uh, really interesting things, at least in, in Vermont um, and it's across the country and in Canada, uh, a backcountry hunters and anglers started a couple of years ago collegiate programs so we have uh three in vermont being st michael's college uvm and i believe castleton was the most recent um and those programs are really really killing it uh, especially on the social media side um but they're doing a ton of cleanup uh projects uh in wmas run by the state and national forest projects um we just had worked with the u um Green Mountain National Forest guys and the Forest Service on uh, taking out uh, an older abandoned bridge uh, for trail access that the trail had been decommissioned and the bridge was rotting. So uh, BHA volunteers and specifically the Castleton guys um, uh, organized that and worked with the National Forest crew. So another um, national project with BHA and uh, it's not only strictly to BHA's uh, is the R3 um, phenomenon, which is recruitment, retention, and reactivation of future, current, and past hunters um, as numbers in nationally have declined basically since the, um, as a post-World War II uh, community has aged, uh, who predominantly took to the woods after that war. Um, a lot of people have gotten out of it. So BHAs um, and fish and wildlife agencies have kind of partnered to um, encourage new hunters um, to come out and hunt. And we've been doing that in Vermont through um, BHA um, taught and sponsored um, hunter education courses with members getting their hunter ed instructor cards Um with a lot of focus on the late onset adult hunters, um, which I could fall into that myself um, in, in kind of harnessing on people why focusing on um, a lot of the local vor food movement um, and my personal hobby and interest is cooking um, specifically a wild game. So, you know, you take a lot of people that, you know, frequent the local farmer's market, they're looking for, farm-raised meats and vegetables, and that kind of goes hand-in-hand with um, hunting yourself. Um, You know, it's really rewarding to take a deer or a bear um, or another, really any game species, large or small, 
yourself that's been foraging on natural foods and 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 cook some really amazing dishes with and more specifically dishes you can't go to the store and uh you know source those proteins um from historically in vermont um another aspect of what bha has done is um trying to encourage more people to to link together and um find new hunting partners or just uh share stories is uh pre-covid it was quite prevalent we were doing pint nights and trying to hit the kind of the four corners of vermont um for our members to meet up and talk and encourage new members to join or just people to come check out and talk to us um it's a great way to meet people that you would never know uh may even live down the road from you um you know living in a rural state um I was pretty interested in going out West to hunt elk, which is still on my to-do list. Um, and, you know, I ran into three to four people at one of our last pint nights that had I mean, multiple trips to Colorado, uh, Wyoming, Montana, all to hunt elk. Um, so you, you can meet these great resources at our pint nights. We even um, moved to virtual pint nights uh, during COVID, which was fun to, um, and I asked some, some aspects was even nicer because you could, you could hit people that uh, weren't able to make a local one. Um, and we opened it up to the state level. So you get guys from Massachusetts or Connecticut remain all joining in and talking about plans and, um, uh, future hunts and past hunts and what they were working on. That is, that is a really interesting aspect that I probably wouldn't have thought of, um, is that, you know, hunting, at least when I grew up, hunting was sort of a, it was a, a thing that lots of people, the people that did it talked about it, but you didn't really bring it up with others. So finding like that community around it, uh, particularly in some of the, you know, the, the one aspect is if you're really rural and you don't have other people around that hunt, it's hard to connect with those. Or if you live in a more sort of urban or suburban area and are a hunter, um, you know, maybe the people that you're around just have never been exposed to that. So finding, finding that little niche is a, yeah, I, I, full disclosure, I am a member of backcountry hunters and anglers. I just don't, uh, I apparently read the newsletter close enough because I had no idea that this was a thing. Um, but that's awesome. That's a cool thing to provide to people. Um, especially during COVID to have a chance to go and talk about hunts that you went on hunts you want to go on and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Um, and it, it allows us uh, to, to catch up with members and, and get their interests. And, um, you know, maybe they bring up something that we, we haven't thought of, um, which is certainly the case in a lot. Or you meet new people that are interested in volunteering. Um, you know, everyone on the leadership team is uh, and the New England team. We're all volunteers. Um, so it's, um, I was no expert in really any of this i was just um, passionate about it and um you know reading uh trying to come up with you know tasteful comments on a uh national forest project um where it would help to have a master's degree in ecology to understand the forest plan uh, i work in healthcare so it was very much like drinking through the fire hose well you know you, you might meet a uh, someone that is a little more formally educated on the the topic, it can help weigh in and um, collaborating with other um, organizations like the uh, National Wild 
um, Turkey Federation, um, Trail Unlimited. Um, there's a lot of kind of um, forward progress projects that um, we like to help to co collaborate on and vice versa. Um, Yeah. And um, oops, go ahead. no, I was just having drawn a blank there for a second. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, so earlier you mentioned your college at level programs, and um, if if you're able to, I'd love to hear a little more about those because I I think you know I run uh, when I'm at Jack Mountain, we're working with you know young younger people and adults, and then when I run a lot of the programs with School of the Forest, we're working with. Um, you know, some, we have a couple courses that are for the younger people. And it's, it's an interesting thing where that's, if you're a young person breaking into that kind of world of hunting and fishing, if you've never been exposed to it is a, is a hard thing to do. Um, you know, I grew up in a family that, that hunted and fished and I felt very, in retrospect, I feel very lucky to have had that. But a lot of the students that I run into, that's, it's not even really on their radar, which is, you know, to me, kind of a shame um, because it's a, you know, you mentioned it earlier. It's a it's a a way of learning to interact with the landscape and really know um, what's going on around you. That I think a lot of people miss and and kind of through that are removed a little bit from that that web of uh, sort of that web of nutrient exchange that's going on in the outdoors. And so, is the college at level program kind of for um, are there goals like just to give people that already hunt a community or are they actively trying to like get people who are interested the chance to go out and actually participate in these activities? Yeah, all the above, you know, they're looking at, uh, encouraging current hunters that may or may not live in Vermont. You know, for instance, if you went to UVM or Castleton or same hikes near from a different state or different area, um, and want to learn about hunting opportunities in your college area they're the resource to get in touch with and encourage and you're going to meet um you know fellow hunters and fishers and some of them may not be local but they can get you going in the right direction i'm very super engaged on the social side of things and uh those events um and they spend a lot of uh in the last at least seems like in the last couple of years but it's probably been a little longer than that public land film tours um whether those lands are kind of commercially or personally produced that uh, entail, you know, they vary from um, public land access um, or conservation issues to um, pretty, some pretty epic hunting and fishing trips. So they've been hosting some of those films uh, on or near the campuses. Um, they're kind of a great link between a state fish and wildlife agency um, you know, thinking on like a college kid coming in and um, uh, kind of like a, uh, I want to say a mediator, but kind of like booking a travel agent there. Um, I think they can help bridge the gap between coming in as a college student looking for hunting and fishing opportunities and reaching out to the um, state wildlife agency directly. Um, they can answer a lot of questions uh, with that specifically. And as far as um, work on public lands, man, they're really hammering it. They are very, they're more, probably one of the more motivated groups I've met on cleaning areas up, public access, um, whether state or federal property. Um, uh, they're, they're very much involved. That's awesome. I wish programs like that had been around when I was, when I was in school. That would have been 
right up my alley. Yeah, so me as kinda, me as well. We're kind of coming up on the on the tail end of this here. Um, I usually like to finish by asking about uh, like one particular experience in the outdoors that really sticks out with you, whether it, I mean, whether it's hunting or fishing um, or just something, something totally unrelated to what we've been talking about. Anything particular come to mind? Something that really stuck with you? You know, I think what I value the most and appreciate whether it was um, camping, but I would say you can take that experience and really amplify it for your hunting experience is, um, is, is finding whether through BHA or family, friends, or your current network is getting outside and enjoying the wilderness and wild places uh, for a few days at a time. And, you know, unplugging from society and, um, you know, cooking great food, having a great time with great people and enjoying um, some pretty awesome spots uh, in North America, um, you know, to, to capitalize on that. Uh, my probably most memorable of recent experience was uh, we started uh, hunting black bear uh, last year with a couple coworkers and we went up to the White Mountains and uh, we were all successful and um, rented a cabin for four days and put a lot of time in scouting and legwork. And um, it was just a great time. We were physically exhausted uh, uh, hunting, um, you know, off-roadless areas. I was over a mile and so dragging out um, was certainly challenging uh, and certainly tapped into my um, my energy levels the rest of the trip. But we ate very well. We had a great time around a fire. We were out of cell phone service the whole time. Um, and it, it, that'll, that memory will, will certainly stick with me for a long time. And I think the more, more instances we can have like that, um, and, you know, less hung up on the current, current, uh, news affairs and media issues in the country, uh, I think the better off a lot of people will be. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, awesome. Um, Great. Well, thank you for coming on, Kyle. Uh, we'll make sure we get links to everything we mentioned um, into the show notes. So you guys will be able to find out all about the stuff, all about that stuff right there. Um, any kind of final thoughts there, Kyle, before we wrap this up? Yeah, absolutely. If, if people want to find out more about um, what's going on, the best place to find out is backcountryhunters.org. Um, and then from there, they is very well organized on issues, um, but you can find out what's going on for events. Um, or what's going on in your local, um, chapter. Uh, I think memberships around 20 bucks. Um, it's a pretty good deal. Uh, even if you don't hunt or thinking about getting into hunting, uh, we do, we work hand in hand with a lot of organizations, just promoting and protecting wild areas and, and our access, whether that's hiking, uh, and physically being on it to, to hunting and fishing, um, activities on it. Um, and they put out a great uh, journal um, yeah. that you will get in the mail. And I think it's almost worth it just for the journal itself. I would so. agree with that, especially, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, I would say, for, so from my personal experience with this, and a lot of the like hunting, writing and blogs and whatever is very like gear and sort of like machismo focused. And I have never read an article in the backcountry hunters and anglers journal that felt anything like that. It just felt like talking to somebody who likes being out. Um, there's no, there was, is very rarely like ego involved, which is a, 
a rare thing for something about uh, this particular pursuit, but hopefully becomes less of a rare thing as time goes on. Um, so if, if you're, even if you're not a hunter, it's worth reading to see that sort of line of thinking rather than the sort of uh, trope of the uh, modern hunter that just likes to yell at you about how much he likes his guns, which can be a little tiresome, I admit. Yeah, cool. yeah, it's, it's a it's a great publication, and um, yeah, they do some great events, and I've I've met some great people, and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed being a part of them, and I'll continue to be a part of them in any way I can find time to volunteer. And um, some years it's more than others. Uh, yeah. I'm feeling this this year will be a little less than other years, uh, but um, yeah, yeah, you're gonna be busy, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> still hoping to get out on a, on a final canoe paddle before uh, everything freezes up, which is still far enough away and yet very, very close. So, <laughs> yeah, well, good luck. I hope you get the chance to go out there on the water and uh, yeah, I'll make sure we post all that. And thanks again for coming on Kyle. All right. Thanks Christopher. You've been listening to the School of the Forest podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, I hope you share it with a few friends. If you did like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other of the major podcast hosting platforms. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more about School of the Forest programs, please check us out at schooloftheforest.com and get in touch with us at any of the contact information you'll find on that site. Thanks, 